Good evening, everybody, and tonight we have a live stream with a live audience, and we are in complete violation of the shutdown orders, and too bad. So everybody, let's give it up. No, we're not super spreaders. We're not super spreaders. This is a virus that has over a 99% survival rate. You can censor us, you can shut it down, you can rewrite the narrative, but we know the truth and that truth has set us free. We're standing upon our liberty, we're Americans. And this scamdemic, plandemic, whatever you wanna call it, look, we know that it affects folks with comorbidities, 65 and older. We know we're approaching 200 dead in the county. We don't dismiss that, but we also know that the majority of those deaths are with COVID, not from COVID. We also know that there's a precipitous decline in pneumonia, a precipitous decline in influenza, and a number of other diseases while they've just moved them all into that category. And as a result, less than 1% of our population has been adversely affected by this. 85% of the people who contract COVID don't even know they've had it. It's so deadly that they have to be tested to know they even have it. But yet 100% of our county has been adversely affected by the tyranny of our elected officials who govern by our consent, who have completely devastated our economy. And in this room tonight are people who have lost their livelihoods, business owners who have had their Fifth Amendment violated as you have been seizing their property and messing with them. And tonight we're here to tell you we're done with it and that's all there is to it. So enough is enough. Our guest speaker tonight is gonna be Peggy Hall. She is a powerhouse. She's, yeah, bring it on. And we'll see how long uh, YouTube, which of course they, they, you know, they love truth, that's why they censor it. Um, we'll see how long they allow us to remain up, but we'll still go to Rumble, Vimeo, we're going to get it out there with or without you. And you know, Governor Mussolini, you, you want to relegate the church to a live stream and then you censor the live stream and allow those organizations to do that to us. I can't think of a greater violation of the First Amendment. I don't know what you think of the Constitution, but you did swear to defend it, and so did all our local elected officials when they took that oath of office. It's time you start honoring that oath and doing what is right. Don't do this to the citizenry anymore. We're finished with it, right? Well, we're going to kind of prep you for tonight uh, before we bring on Peggy and my dear friend David Glinky. I want to show you uh, Governor uh, Mussolini. It's an update. And uh, take a look at this. Remember back in April, CBS This Morning, Gavin Newsom, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, not only for yourselves, but your loved ones. And when you come home, if you haven't practiced physical distancing, be careful when you see grandma and grandpa and focus again on the fact we're all in this together. I, that's one of my favorite lines. We're all in this together. Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Robert Levin, 12.5% raise. We're all in this together. Our elected officials haven't missed a paycheck, but we're all in this together. Well, let's just see how all in this together we are. Uh, let's take a look at some of Governor Mussolini's companies. Part of a group founded by a California governor collectively gets nearly $3 million in PPP loans, data shows. While data released by the Small Business Administration earlier this year showed the Plump Jack Group received up to $350,000 worth of PPP loans. 
Newly released data by the SBA indicated Plump Jack businesses, including wineries, bars, restaurants, received more than eight times that amount at nearly $3 million altogether. And this is ABC7's analysis, found at least nine companies affiliated with Plump Jack Group received PPP loans. You can see that in the slide. Uh, Governor, we're not in this together. You are raking all of our life savings uh, with your tyranny, and we're just, we're, we're seriously, we're done with it. And tonight, all of us in this room are going to sign your recall. We want you out of office. Perspective is everything. Uh, VenturaCountyRecovers.org. Perspective is everything. You subtract total cases to date, 27,414 cases. That doesn't mean, uh, that's positive tests. That doesn't mean positive cases. But tested positive, 27,414 from recovered to date. There's 19,508. You then subtract the active cases, 7,705. And deaths to date, 201. So, Everyone's recovered except for 201 people. And you can see the deaths over here, 201. We've broken the 200 barrier. But, of course, Dr. Robert Levin said we'd be in the thousands. And uh, currently our ICU, we have 56 in there. We'll be praying for those folks. Anyone dealing with influenza, pneumonia, we're praying for them. Total people tested in in our county of about 800,000. We've tested 308,355 people. And uh, this is unprecedented. We're basing all of these draconian measures on positive tests, not positive cases. And in addition, uh, our hospitals with any time this season with influenza and pneumonia, uh, there's always going to be a run on the hospitals. We're not overwhelmed regardless of the narrative. Take a look at the next slide. Average daily tests in our county, 100,000 over the past seven days. We have been averaging 763 tests Per 100,000, Dr. Robert Levin wants everybody and their grandmother tested. And so we're supposed to be hitting 150 per week. We're testing 763. COVID deaths in the past 14 days, three. Tragically, the hospitalization rate, 3%. And you can see the folks who've died are 65 and older for the most part. Uh, And this is tragic. But we also know that the average life expectancy hasn't been depleted based on COVID-19 deaths. These are folks that are having struggles at that stage in life, and if they need to stay home, stay home. You don't quarantine the healthy, you quarantine the vulnerable and the sick. And instead, less than 1% of our population has been affected by this, yet 100% of our population has been affected by the cure, which is far more deadly than the virus itself. Take a look at this next slide. President Trump promises COVID vaccine before the end of the year, and then the Wall Street Journal, first COVID-19 vaccine given to the U.S. public. Uh, they're wanting to force this on us. Take a look at the next slide. I'll take the vaccine. Just mail it to me. My health and safety are too important to show up in person, just like mail-in voting, safe, secure, and honest. So just mail it to me. I'll give, it my, I'll give myself the shot. I'll send my paperwork right back stating I'm vaccinated. You trust me, right? Uh, tonight we're going to, after he finishes the Hannity Show, a restaurant owner right here in our own county, uh, the owner confronted the health inspectors today. It went viral over lockdown rules, and that viral video with uh, Anton Van Happen, uh, Nick the Greek Restaurant in Ventura, they are destroying small businesses while Walmart, Costco, box shop operations get free reign. 
They cite us, fine us, threaten us with arrest, follow us, retract every freedom we possess, and then they expect us to listen and just fall in line while they take our dwindling income, increase our taxes, and make sure they never miss a paycheck. You are destroying our small businesses. You're transferring wealth to all of these folks that somehow have a crony deal with you, and you're, you're ruining everything in our county. We're sick of it. Take a look at the next one. And by the way, he's going to be our guest tonight. We're going to recognize him. Um, any businesses have been fined, especially uh, earlier tonight, we bless them with uh, a, a, an honor, uh, not an honorarium, but a benevolence check to help them through these tough times. This fellowship is committed to helping these businesses. The government doesn't give a fly and flip. But this church does, and so does this community. And if you want to help us contribute to some of these businesses, send it, earmark it for that purpose, and we'll make sure it gets to them. I don't need to raise a dime for this church. I've never asked for a penny for this church or myself ever. And for those of you who think we're in this for the money, you're sorely mistaken. Watch any one of our videos. You'll know that not to be the case. We help others. We don't ask for ourselves. There you have it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. From the Declaration of Independence... But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. The Fifth Amendment, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless uh, on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war, public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be uh, twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. Here we go. Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. You are, the, the, those who are governing are in violation of the Fifth Amendment. I want to go through this real quick. If you didn't get a chance to uh, see our live stream that's taken down by YouTube, we managed to put it back up on Vimeo and also on, what, Rumble? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, her book, Plague of Corruption. Make sure you order it. It is phenomenal. Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, Children's Health Defense. Hardcover. Ah, it's worth every penny. Buy it. If you don't, what's wrong with you? And uh, I, I don't think we have any more slides. Do we have any more slides? Oh, well, let's do the ones at the, the, the last ones. Let's just bring those up, and then I'll introduce our guest speaker. Peggy Hall's here. But if you allow government to break the law during an emergency, they will create emergencies to break the law. We know that. And let's go to the next slide. Uh, this is for tomorrow night. We are doing another live appearance. Uh, it's going to be biblical citizenship. We're going to show churches across America how to implement what we're doing. Uh, if they want to come and take our church, they want to come and put me in jail, they want to do whatever they're going to do, it doesn't matter. We already gave that away to the Lord. We're standing for liberty. There's nothing you can take from me that's more valuable than the liberty I'm going to stand upon, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest tonight, the unbelievable, amazing Peggy Hall. Wow. Thank you. Thank Woo! you. Thank you. Thank you. Grab wow. a seat. Okay. 
I have no idea how we're going to do this, but I know what works with you. Are we getting the video going? Is it working? Okay. I, I know one thing. You just flick that on switch and leave Peggy alone, and she goes. Yeah, yeah. Am I on? She, okay. Yeah, you're she, on. she said that if you gave her a standing ovation, she'll do one of her rants, you know, where she gets the hair flying all over the place. So we're going to get that tonight sometime, right? Okay, that's what you asked. He asked for a rant, so yeah. yeah. No, be careful. They're Sometimes already I feel in church, I'll be a little yeah. more reverent. But, uh. Well, welcome. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for joining us yet again. You are amazing. And, you know, knowledge brings power, and it also brings peace. And what I noticed with you, Peggy, is because you've done your homework, you're just sharing with people what you have studied to understand, and you're imparting that to folks so they know where to find it, and then they're empowered to do the right thing. And I, I really, I, I know folks will have questions for you, and we'll field them tonight, but I, I don't even want to get in your way. Run with it, because I know you. You're, and come over here. <laughs> you Sit want me here. To, okay. You're All dead right. center tonight. <laughs> uh, never dead, put I'll your back to the audience. But, All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right, take over, my dear. Well, I actually printed out about a 20-page document that I've been compiling that includes all of the violations that big retailers are committing against liberty-loving, freedom-loving, peaceful, law-abiding citizens. And I field calls and emails on an ongoing basis, and I probably have heard from many of you, and I hope that I've responded to some of you. And... Uh, the main questions that I get are from people that are just trying to live peacefully in society. A guy today wanted to buy some paint at Home Depot, and you know the drill. It's happened to you. You go in there, you get the stuff, and at the last minute, they don't want to take your money. And it gets escalated to the point where they're calling law enforcement and uh, giving a charge of trespass. And I go by the law. My dear friend, and amazing Dr. Judy Mikovitz goes by the science, and she'll fill in all the blanks for you there, as she has in her books. And YouTube still takes me down, even though I don't talk about the science, I talk about the law. So now the law has become something that they're gonna censor. So I just started compiling every single law that I could think of and that I could research that um, regular folks that are law-abiding law citizens are, um, experiencing these retailers trespassing against them and violating. So I've got over 21 laws here. Are we going through all of them? We're not going to go through them. Because I'll get a pillow. No, we're not going to go through them. But I just wanted to let you know the um, depth and, and length of how we are being, uh, how many violations are being committed against us. Now, the other thing that I brought that I'll be sharing at some of these events coming up because I've got one with the pizza cookery on Sunday. So We will be uh, empowering and educating business owners as to how to stay open. And then my friend Deb is going to be organizing, as we heard, in Oxnard tomorrow. So please come out to these events. My goal is to help everyone understand these laws and these protections that we have. And, you know, God really knew what he was doing, didn't he? Sure he, did. If anyone has any doubt as to the veracity of the Bible, we are living in those days that were so accurately described. I mean, and we're living in them, it's just with precision. So it's not surprising that, that that's happening. 
to anyone that has a little bit of a wavering faith, I would just say, you know, read Revelation or read any of the books, and um, you'll see that this actually is, is an ordained time. But what God calls us to do is to not sit on the sofa and just watch the show. We are called to try to bring as many, I say bring them on board, all hands on deck as much as possible. But what's so infuriating, and if you saw my market rant at the farmer's market a couple of days ago, where I literally am in the life raft, reaching my hand out to the drowning person who says, I would rather drown. And they don't want, many of them don't want the information. They don't want the truth. You know it as a pastor, trying to bring those to the, the one truth. People, people don't want liberty. They want to be taken care of. They want to live in fear. They feel comfort in their fear almost. Yeah. For example, the three to five million Jews that were enslaved in Egypt, when they cry out for deliver, Moses comes. Pharaoh doubles the brick output, reduces the material, and the people complain to Moses. They want to be set free, but they want someone else to do the work. And liberty requires effort. And now, I'm pre-trib, pre-millennial in my eschatology, and for those of you who wonder what eschatology means, study the end times, it's a theological term. You were referring to that. In many church circles, that is a popular eschatology. But I have to say, every eschatology comes with an asset and a liability. The liability of pre-trib and pre-millennial is everyone treats a season like this as though we're polishing brass on the Titanic. And that's how we got in this mess, because we didn't participate in the public square. While we were busy doing church, the secular progressive left dominated the ecclesia, which is the public square. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. We, we somehow think that we're not supposed to participate in the political process. I, I'll read this, and I'll turn it over to yeah, you. Yeah. Because this is, a, this is a myth I want to dispel. And I know everyone means well, but you need to navigate through this. This one pastor sent me a video with his eschatology. And he asked us to observe it and to give our opinion of it. And uh, I said, the video's well done. Though we agree on eschatology, I, like you, am always expecting the Lord's soon return. I've stayed away from definitive conclusions concerning world events, however. Otherwise, I tend to operate to fulfill my foregone conclusions this, I believe, is why the body of Christ has abandoned the ecclesia and surrendered it to the secular progressives. Why polish brass on the Titanic? Our, message, uh, were, our messages were similar uh, on this last Sunday in declaring Luke 21, 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Our application, though, uh, our applications were not similar. I compared and contrasted 1968 to 2020. I read two sermons, not on Sunday, but in preparation, that were written in 1968 that declared the rapture and the new world order was imminent as communism was inevitable. A Catholic president with a vision for space changed all that. And we had a new birth of freedom as Apollo 8 read out of Genesis 1, verses 1 through 10, and inspired an entire generation of young people. So the idea is, you don't know the day or the hour. Don't use your eschatology as justification for apathy and inactivity. Get your button gear and start working hard to save this exactly. republic. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Had to do it. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, people will say, well, you know, it's all in God's hands. Well, it is, but he's using your hands and your feet and your mind and your intellect and your God-given gifts. And I'm so grateful that God created me as a teacher, and I've been a teacher all my life. And, uh, you know, from the age of uh, kindergarten, teaching my stuffed animals. And then throughout my life, my background is in politics and in health, education, activism. And uh, I was one of those people drowning in the early days where, and I've got dear friends here, we had our meetings and we we had our we have our group called the God Squad, and we you know committed really that we would help each other and have a mutual aid if anything happened, and um, we are committed to that. And that's my number, my number one uh, tool against the tool of the enemy, which is division. Right? Stay home, be separated, be isolated, close your business, don't go to work. You're not essential. The antidote to that is connection. And so God created us to be in community. Yep. And so in the very early days, we had dinners together. We went on walks together. We gave each, you know, the, we had moral support and prayer. And we've got to keep that connection, which you create here, Pastor Rob, at the church. You need a place where you can go where you can find that fellowship. That is the antidote to division. The business owners, I applaud you, Deb. I applaud you, Jordan and Barbara for getting these um, groups together because there is strength in numbers. And I'm hearing from people all over, up and down the state of California, that are getting together business coalitions and standing strong. And I'll speak specifically with some tips that will help you and also tips for those of you that are trying to navigate going into the businesses. But the second thing that I see, aside from the division, is deception. And that's where I come in as a teacher and as a pastor, you do right. the same thing. You take, you know, God's word and the teachings and how can I help explain this, simplify, identify, clarify, and it's something I've always loved to do. So in the beginning when all this nonsense, as I call it, was going on, I decided, you know, what in the world? How does one person have authority over me and where I go and what I do and can I work and earn a living? So I simply did the research and I found out, no, he doesn't. There is a law called the California. California Emergency Services Act that um, I heard somebody call him Fig Newton. <laughs> I like, There's many I like, names I like, I've heard. Many I like, names. I like I Mussolini like, better. That Mussolini says it. And uh, wouldn't come to find out he doesn't have the authority according to law. And lawsuits have been filed, and there was a very good outcome from Kevin Kiley. These are assemblymen Kevin Kiley and um, his. Uh, Gallagher. Gallagher. Can't remember his first name right now. Uh, James Gallagher. And the first outcome of that lawsuit stated, <laughs> really, what, what we know and we, we've been saying is that the governor has no authority to make a law. He has no authority to make a law. These health officers have no authority to come and pull a business license or to have you close your business, as we just saw on the screen, without due process of law. Due process of law means you have a hearing. You go before a judge. You have someone adjudicate that dispute. You have the health officer say, hey, you're creating a violation, and the owner says, no, I'm not, and then you have a judge who takes care of that dispute. It's not happening. They're just taking the license, and I'm not going to stand for it. So deception is what creeps in where these business owners are like, well, I don't want to lose my license. My, and I, trust me, I've counseled many, many, many. And in fact, our friend um, 
uh, the Greek, it may be collaborating with uh, an attorney that I've been with as well. So the information is getting out there. Deception is one of the biggest tools of the enemy. What is deception? It's confusion. Oh, you can only serve outdoors. So, oh, well, we're going to spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to get the tents, to put the tables outside. The to- heaters. Yeah, the heaters. Oh, and by the way, we can't have a table like we normally would. We're only going to be at 25% capacity. And then a month or two later, oh, well, you know, you can't serve outside. Well, you just told us we have to serve outside. So this is deception, and we saw it in the Garden of Eden. You know, they, they take things out of context. People who are seeking to do the right thing will be um, swept away in the delusion. And delusion is where you have the information, but it's been coded, maybe there's the, the lies, and then the lies have been coded in truth so that you're confused or you actually receive it in the, in the wrong way. So that requires education. Or, or you, or you education. get so beaten down that you just don't have the will to fight. Bingo. That's the third one is despair. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're on, you're, you totally led me right there. So the third tool of the enemy is despair, and that's the psychological um, warfare that we are under. So I, was one of your, I was one of your stuffed animals. Yes, 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 yes. So the, the relentless, um, you know, I don't watch TV, and I think that might be part of the reason that I'm able to think clearly about this, and I don't get vaccinated. And um, yeah, so um, not interested in that. I, I like the mail in version there. Um, So anyway, the despair is the worst because despair I would define as the absence of hope. And, And in our faith, we have one true hope and his name is Jesus Christ. And that is where we have our hope for our eternal life. And as my pastor husband always reminds me, we feel despair when we are putting all of our our effort and focus on, on this world right here. And there is an eternal life. There is an afterlife. There is uh, beyond this. Our soul, we... Let well, me, you're the pastor. You should me, talk about that. Let me, let me, let me jump in. I'll, I'll, I'll bail you out. I'm just kidding. Yes, please do. <laughs> when, when my wife and I uh, spoke with the attorney, when we knew we were going to be in violation of the restraining order, We asked the attorney, what can we lose? He said, you could lose your house, IRS audit, you'll lose the church, you'll go to jail, you'll be fine, they'll bankrupt you, they'll cause you to bleed by a thousand cuts. And and as he finished the list, I said, is there anything else? He would add five more things. I'd say, anything else? He'd add some more stuff. Finally, I exhausted him. And I said, anything else? He said, "I, I can't think of another thing, if that's not enough. And my wife and I pondered it, and we said, you know, all right. We're going to open up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And, but wait, here's, here's the reason why. We gave it away. What's given to God first will never be lost. They can't take it from me. I already gave it away. Nothing is more precious to me and my children and my grandchildren than liberty. That's right. And so now it's called fearlessness. There's nothing they can do to me. And when you have an eternal hope... The only thing remaining that they can scare you with is death. And for somebody who has, whose name has been placed in the Lamb's book of life, who's been placed in the Father's hand, no man can remove, when you threaten me with death, you know what you threaten me with? Heaven. <laughs> so, but, but if this is all life is, what an awful existence. Because 
all they're going to do is mess with you for the rest of your life. I'm working, I, it's a dash between when you're born and when you die. That's life. And I'm living for eternity, but I want to leave this place better than I found it. That's the joy of having eternal perspective. I hope that helps. That's it exactly. Boom. Yes, that's it exactly. Don't, doesn't that give you confidence? Hey, Peggy, the, uh, we've been on your website. It's like incredible with all the resources that yeah. you have. It's mainly directed at business owners and consumers. Mm -hmm. Can you address maybe one last group, which yes. is, I'm sure there's more, but uh, these employees that have to work at these big box yeah. that have turned into deputized Barney Fives that have to enforce <laughs> this, have you had people call that are in that position? Yes. And, the, and the secondary question to that is some of these employers are already going down the path of requiring vaccinations to be able to work, including ones that are close to me. So can, yes. you, can you address those? Ab absolutely. Yeah, they get to inject you with Bell's palsy. It's such an yeah, exciting it's, thing. Uh, yeah, it's for the very virus that you're so deathly afraid of that the human breath now is fatal, so you have to wear a mask so you don't breathe on someone, yet you'll have that same illness injected into your body. It doesn't make sense to me. With a 99% yeah. survival rate, but the... The vaccine is 95% effective. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. Math. No. All right. so, math so, yeah. Numbers. So, the main, th thank you for that, that Dave. So, the, the main focus that we have at the Healthy American is number one, my number one focus is the small businesses. Because the businesses, as you know, I mean, it's just, it's like a meme. They're the backbone of our economy. But what does that mean? It means the very way of life that we have in this country. How many of you have lived in other countries, traveled in other countries, seen other ways of life? Yes, I lived in Morocco for five years, and that's a monarchy, and it is not a free society. We could not even say the king's name. He kind of looked like Frank Sinatra, so we would say Frank as a code word. Like, oh, did you hear Frank's coming into town? Oh, the Frank, Frank is building this new thing. Uh, because you could not uh, criticize the king. Every single person at home had to have a picture of the king in their house. I mean, every, every household had to have a picture of the king in their house. Every business had to have a picture of of the king in their business. Now, some of these businesses that were a little cheeky chose some very interesting photos to have of the king in their business. But I lived in a place where I could not travel from one city to another without showing my papers, answering the police, saying who I was going to meet, how long I was going to stay there. I had to register in that new town. And then when I left, I had to go to the police station and tell them I was leaving. Do you like that? Is that the way that you want to live? It's not America. No. So I've lived in that kind of society where I filled up the bathtub every morning with water and all of the pots and pans because you never knew if the water was going to be turned off for two or three days. I always had flashlights and candles because the electricity just wouldn't be there. People That, that would for the, never yeah. happen in California. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. Exactly. And, and after it happened, interestingly, it was only my block where I live was turned off. In, in, a, in a condominium neighborhood, and my block was, was dark. Don't, uh, don't feel bad. It for happened two or three to us, too. They, they don't just um, hate you. That I got a letter, an email from, uh, we have, um, Edison is our uh, company, and it said, thank you so much for sacrificing your comfort for the good of all. That was the email. I'm going to do a video on Did it. Did they add the word comrade? Yeah, I think they should have. And I, it really, that was another vomit-worthy thing. So it was, it was absolutely insane. But even in Morocco, the government workers from time to time just wouldn't get a paycheck. 
because it went to the king. So I lived in a country under this kind of soft tyranny. And interestingly, it didn't bother me that much because I knew it was under a king. But what is going on here where we're living under the veneer of a free country, the illusion of freedom, and we really aren't, it really just is, it's soul anguish. So I, I've, li- I've experienced that. And the difference between those countries and the United States, what I saw, and also when I traveled to Israel, and perhaps many in this room have been there, I remember going, and uh, my husband and I wanted to get a cup of coffee, and we were at the little town square, and we walk into the coffee shop, and they said, oh, we're not open for uh, about five more minutes. So I'm like, oh, okay. So we walked around to the other one. Oh, we're not open. We can't open until seven o'clock. So already every business was under the government telling them when they could open and when they could close. And we're sitting there going, this would never, this is five years ago, this would never fly in the United States. Could you imagine that, the government telling you when you could open and when you could close? Yeah. So. But wait, it's about the science. (laughs) The virus only is active after 10 p.m. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So. The small businesses, the way that our country operates, the economy of our country, it's it's capitalism. It means you have capital. What is capital? It's money that you invest in order to make more money, in order to employ people, to provide a service, and everybody benefits. That's the only time I'm going to say we're in it together, is when we can benefit from what you offer. And if I don't like your cooking, I'm not going to go there. No one can make me go there. No one can prevent me from going there. I have the right to go to any business I choose, even though it's a private business. Now listen, when you open a business, and how many, let's just see a show of hands, who runs their own business, a service business? A, yeah, most people do. That's the beauty of the, of the United States. Now one of the, the most um, diabolical aspects of this whole nonsense is that the government wants to strip individuals of not only of their businesses, but for the people that work for your business. So now they can be hired as a contact tracer for the government. And I tell you, people that I know personally are taking those jobs because they're hungry. They need the money. I counseled a man today whose wife now is working for one of these big retailers, counseling the people on their 14-day quarantine when they have been tested positive. And I'm like, why are they getting tested? For a test that's inaccurate, for a virus that's never been isolated, it's, it's a complete charade. But the point being... The businesses are key. So my number one focus at The Healthy American is educating the business owners how to stay open lawfully. It's funny. I have an attorney that I'm working with that that has been on some of the restaurant cases. And I said, hey, do you want to come? I'm doing one of my my, uh, clinics. And he said, oh, oh, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. And he's a friend of mine. I've advised him. I've given him the laws. And I said, well, why is that? Well, you know, as as a bar attorney, um, I, I can't advocate people skirting the law. I said, is that what you think I teach? I'm actually, the only people skirting the law is the government. I mean, they're the ones skirting the law. The code enforcers, the health officers. And I know I'm shouting. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no. You're not, my, my you're not shouting. Your hair is not um, waving. Yeah, but I good. do need to tell you, 
that everything I teach is actually empowering you to understand the law. And I've got business owners here that went to the seminar, took what they learned, started educating others. And uh, the pizza cookery, Barbara told me, now they went from not being able to, you know, kind of being behind on the bills to uh, a full house. She's like, please, other business open. Please, would you open because we can't serve everyone who's, you know, we're, we're overwhelmed now in a good way. Every business that has stayed open, every business that I know of that has stayed open, that has generously welcomed oxygen-breathing people, has doubled, tripled their business. I, I kind of created a nightmare with Basilico's. I can't get a table there now. It's a two and three hour wait. So we've got to keep these businesses employed. Think about it. You have a business. You go to a business. This business is providing a service for you. And if you don't like that business, don't go to it. And you go to a different one. So, you know, perhaps you don't like a certain um, type of food or a certain uh, style of clothing. You don't go to that place. That's your freedom of choice. And when it comes to these businesses, they also are employing people. So as our friend said here, he's not going to close his business. He actually is helping provide the livelihood for his employees. And then people like us who want to be a part of society, who don't want to be shunned and isolated, because remember, that's the number one tool of the enemy is to isolate and divide you. And when I think of restaurants in particular, I mean, all businesses, whether you're a service business, you know, my lady comes to my hair, my house to cut my hair. Um, but regardless of the business that you're in, it's important to you, it's essential to you, your employees, and the people that you serve. When it comes to the restaurants, that has a special place in my heart, and probably for you as well. First of all, we're sharing food, right? We're breaking bread. It's, it's our example of Christ himself, of having the, you know, the Last Supper, sharing a meal together, in my view. It's a sacred, it's like a sacred activity. And these Mom and pop restaurants, which I'm, you know, you think of the, the big chains and all, which might be well run and so forth. It's not the same as the mom and pop who have put in their blood, sweat, and tears, their own family recipes. You go there, they're welcoming you into their family. You go to these places for the whole experience. The takeout in a plastic container to go eat in a table, I mean, that is just a charade. They're mocking you. It's a type of humiliation and degradation. I did a video outside of a very large restaurant in South Coast Plaza, which was empty, Maggiano's, famous restaurant. They had a circus tent outside. I looked inside to see any of the circus animals were there. It was empty. But my heart breaks that they even think that they have to do that. Listen, no governor, no health officer, no code enforcer, no OSHA, no Department of Labor, none of those individuals has any legal, lawful, legitimate, moral, ethical authority to tell you how to operate your business. Only if you're selling alcohol to a 16-year-old or, you know, or you've got rats running around in the corner, those are actual legitimate violations for you to serve indoors, outdoors. Well, you don't have circles on the floor. Oh, really? Circles on the floor constitutes uh, unlawful imprisonment. Is that what you want me to do? That's these laws I have. If you followed these nonsense orders, you would be in violation of over 22 state and federal laws, including human trafficking, attempted murder, coercing somebody to commit suicide by self-suffocation. It doesn't make sense to me. 
I, so, I love I love what uh, what Judy said that we we are human beings. We're not plants. We don't know what to do with carbon dioxide. We need oxygen to live. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the largest employer in America is small business. That's it. And and I won't divulge the the business owner who's present. But one of the comments earlier tonight was. You know, I, I've got an employee who just adopted, a, a, you know, an orphan. I can't let them go. And the, the small business has a relational connection and a love for their community. And when you go for your little league to raise money for your kid's ball team, it, it's not going to be Costco who's going to give you the hand. It's, it's these mom and pops. And, and the governor is directly attacking them as though somehow the big box chains. I mean, look at the airplanes. Those tubes are filled to capacity, but you can't fill a church? Mm, I don't think so. That's because when you get on the planes, you have to maintain six feet as you board and six feet as you get off. That fixes the whole thing when you're three (laughs) inches apart. And when you're eating, the virus doesn't, it knows. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's science right there. (laughs) So to answer your question, Dave, when when we're talking about the, the importance of the the small businesses, and uh, by and large, it's not the small businesses that are penalizing their employees and, and requiring them to get tested. In fact, I, when I speak at the seminars, I recommend that you don't encourage your employees to get tested because that sets off a whole cascade of uh, issues that you can best avoid. And uh, on the flip side, you've got these bigger companies, and most of them are in the medical arena because they employ a lot of people like Hogue Hospital and other, you know, and then you have the big retailers, Costco and others. And I just got an email. My phone died, but I was going to read it. I got an email from somebody who works at Trader Joe's. How many of you have a Trader Joe's in your neighborhood? You still like to go there? Yeah, especially around the holidays. Like, oh, let's see the new cheese they have. Um, our Trader Joe's has been very cool. I don't own a mask. I've never worn a mask. I don't intend to wear a mask. It's just not, why would I do that? God gave me my first breath, my breath of life. It's listed so many, so many places in the Bible. He's going to be the author and the finisher of my faith, and my final breath will be his alone to decide. I'm not going to fiddle with it in the meantime. And I have many, many uh, people who reach out to me as employees saying, I am really struggling here. And she sent me the insider's statement from Trader Joe's uh, management, who gave them pages and pages of exactly what they're supposed to say to the customers that come in with a mask. And again, it's just violation after violation after violation. Number one, they're not medical doctors. So in the case of an employee, what I would recommend is number one, you have to look at your employment agreement because you signed a contract when you got that job. And if you didn't, good for you because there's no contract that says you have to have any kind of medical intervention because wearing a mask is a medical intervention. So you, number one, and I've got all of this, uh, these remedies at the website as well, and I'm going to be doing a class specifically on employee rights. And you, you, your arrangement is not that your employer is a doctor. He doesn't have the right to tell you what to do. The idea of getting a COVID test, and that Dr. Judy can correct me if I'm wrong, but because it's never been approved by the FDA, they use that deception again, and they use the word authorized. Well, authorized, approved, I mean, it sounds the same. Well, no, it's completely different. Not that I care about the FDA, but if we are going to play in their playground, authorized, it's an emergency authorization. It means, well, we don't have enough evidence yet to see that it works, but we'll just let you do it anyway. 
Approval means it's gone through whatever approval process they have, which again, may be questionable. But the, here's the, the reason why it's important. If it hasn't been approved, it means you are participating in a medical experiment. You are participating in a clinical trial. You have the right of refusal to participate in any clinical trial. It's, it's, it's a principle of no consent, and you literally say, I do not consent. That's an important phrase in, even for business owners. I do not consent for you to be here when, if code enforcers come. or you know. Again, you want to play nice. I'm not saying you want to be adversarial. You want to create allies. But when it comes to your employer, they simply don't have the authority to coerce you to participate in a clinical trial. Further, it gets worse, as I say, because that's worse than worse, and and what happens is when you take these COVID tests and they're taking some of your tissue, they're taking your DNA, that property rights, they're take, your body is your property. Now, they're taking a piece of your body, granted it cells, but they're taking a piece of your body without compensating you for that. Are you following me? That would be like you working for a day and not getting paid. And if you work for a day and you're not paid, according to the law in California, that's called human trafficking. Not necessarily just the sexual aspect of uh, the slave trade and all that. Human trafficking in California is defined as the uh, violation of someone's personal liberty. And you can look that up. And I have it on the website. And so in my mind, in my reading, and because I'm trying to toughen up people's ability to avoid this stuff, I would just simply say and make a statement of that, that you know, did you know that you might be uh, in violation, and this is a, 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 an issue of human trafficking, which is a felony. I mean, you go to prison. It's like a 15-year prison sentence and a $500,000 fine. Now, that may cause some of the employers to go, oh, well, I didn't realize. Okay, we'll make it, you know. Um, optional. But I have remedies like this that are available. And the sad fact is that there will be those casualties because this is a war. It's a spiritual battle. It's a full-fledged war. And there will be casualties. And that's why I go back. Explain to my, casualties. So casualties meaning some people are going to be out of a job. There are going to be rifts with your loved ones, your friends, your family. I'll give you an example. We, we, uh, we have a firefighter in one of the local municipalities, adverse to wearing a mask, uh, called before the union. I, I don't know the outcome, but physically he can't wear this, and th the likelihood is they're going to let him go. Now, we'll go to the courts. We're watching, even with an election, the courts just kick the can down the road. Yeah. The issue is not are the courts going to save us. The issue is, are all of us going to rise up yeah. and say, hey, we're yeah. done with this. It's, yeah. we're, there's more of us yeah. than there are of them. That's right. That's right. I, I think to that point is when we started recognizing all the businesses here, we six or seven, and we should be able to spend the whole episode going through every business. I'm concerned, and I, I applaud the businesses that are here but there's probably going to be some more persecution against you because they want to set you as an example. And if we can smash you down and set you as an example, then all the other businesses are not going to want to stand up. So we applaud you, but we encourage the other businesses to do the same. And we need to have the mass to make it happen. And when the health department comes and they come to shut you down, videotape it, and like tonight... You'll be on Hannity. We're going to get this across the country, and we're going to focus on Ventura County when these, 
these folks that are enforcing tyranny, they're going to see themselves on national news acting like complete tyrants. And, and they see themselves for who they are. We have to do this. Everyone has to participate. We own this republic. We must protect it. Amen? You want to do questions? Uh, yeah. Well, you have some more on your mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, republic, when you think of that word, re public, right? The word public is in that. It's the only country that was created this way. And it's funny because I have some Canadians that follow some of the information I have, and they said, well, um, what do you mean? Our, 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 we're North America. So yeah, but you're, you follow a queen, okay? They're under the Commonwealth. We're the only country that was created, as you so eloquently read, where all men are created equal, endowed by their creator. So our government, way of government, already recognizes that there is a creator who has given us inalienable rights, and the right to life includes the right to breathe. There is no life without oxygen. So no law, no governor, no health officer, no code enforcer, no OSHA, no Department of Labor, no one, not even a doctor, has any authority over your body but you. We are going to need to be very loud and vocal about this. And by the casualties, I mean, might you be let go from your job? You might. But I have another motto, which is there's always another way, and I'm going to find it. You know this one, right? There's always another way, and I'm going to find it. And with our freedom communities, more and more people are being matched up. So there are plenty of people who want to work where they don't have to wear a mask and don't want to be tested. And there are plenty of restaurant owners that are looking for somebody who will come to work, be there. Be responsible. So these types of relationships will be created. That's part of that being in community. Find your God squad. Find those that you can rely on. The church is here. The more that we can create those, um, you know, these powerful gatherings, the better. So we want to keep the businesses going. The other uh, area that I work on is to empower and educate and encourage parents to get their children out of the government schools because it's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah. Why don't we do some questions yeah, and answers? Yeah, let's take some questions. Can, Rob, can you give the disclaimer on questions? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take questions tonight, but I want to make it very clear. We're not asking, we didn't invite you tonight to be the speaker. You get that? So we're not asking for your comment, we're asking for your question, and the question has to be succinct. Put a caboose on the end of that thing. Don't go, you know, I, I just want to qualify what I'm about to say, or I want to make a comment before my question. No, no, you can ask a question. If you can't ask a question, then stay seated. So, everybody good with that? Yes? Yes? All right. All right. Raise your hand, and uh, Phil Donahue here will... Um. Can we get your list of laws off your website? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'll have those available too. If you go on documents on the website, I have lots of things. There are flyers that you can pass out to businesses. You can help empower them. You can educate yourself as to your rights. And I've created these postcards that you can just keep with you. And um, yes, education is very important. So we'll make that available. Questions? Let's go. Fire them off. Oh, back there. Go ahead. Let's go. Sometime today. There we go. Well, she took forever. Um, so with the, uh, um, <laughs> uh, the assembly member Gallagher and Kevin Cayley lawsuit, how is Gavin Newsom still making these ridiculous demands on us? 
Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? So what happened is on November 13th, the judge in Sutter County ruled, had an injunction against the governor, which is fantastic. And in the business seminar, I read very clearly, in fact, I gave a handout to everybody from that judgment that said, Governor Newsom, in his official capacity, is enjoined, that means prohibited, from any further action under the Emergency Services Act to create any law or legislative policy. Because, so she just reaffirmed the fact that we know that no governor can make a law. They appealed that decision, wrongly in my view, and what happened is there is a temporary stay. A stay means, you know what, we're not going to enforce that yet, what the judge said. We're going to hold off for a moment until the appeal has been uh, heard. The problem with the appeal is that now we can go back to square one. I mean, the problem with the appeal from Mussolini's side is that judge may throw out the entire emergency orders, which is what I'm hoping will happen because they are invalid and unlawful. And this has been my my go-to cry. Have we we heard a date on when that will be resolved? No, okay. and the, uh, I need to see when that, that is going to be. Yeah. You mentioned that the courts are not really operating. And we have three co-equal branches of government, the court, the executive branch, and the legislative branch. And basically, two of the branches have been on suspension. It's very, very troubling to me when I've been helping people who are trying to get into court without wearing a mask. And you go on your county court website, and you'll see that it says, well, these cases have been uh, delayed for 30 days. Well, that goes against the due process of law. You, And it even says that you have the right to a speedy trial. It says that in our California Constitution. So they may be delaying on that to take advantage of this stay. Um, It's something to look at carefully. Last count, there were over 50 lawsuits against the governor. A very good lawsuit from the California Restaurant Association recently in the county of Los Angeles where, yes, it was fantastic. (laughs) You restaurant owners are doing it. And uh, the judge ruled that the health officers have no evidence for this pandemic or emergency. So that was very strong, very powerful. What happens is that the restaurants are still running scared. They are just looking behind them. Well, we're complying. We're doing everything you said. In my view, it's the exact wrong thing to do. You don't start to um, modify and make, uh, you know, excuses and justify. It's like, well, should I just shoplift on Mondays and Wednesdays? Or no, just, just live lawfully. So you don't need to comply with any of this nonsense. You run the business the way you see fit. You're the business owner. You make the decisions that make sense for you and your customers, period. And by the way, if you're afraid to go into a business because they don't require masks, then go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, next. Right. Yeah. Can you uh, speak to the, about the COVID vaccine, not just about businesses, but I have kids in school, and I'm concerned that they'll be requiring it. Even, even though we go to a private Christian school, they've required all the vaccines, and I will definitely refuse to give my kid, uh, kids a COVID vaccine. Do you have an yeah. opinion on that? Yeah, I, um, I recommend that kids be uh, educated at home. Even, even, even in a private school, even in a Christian school, there are many, many remedies I have available. It's called freedom learning. I have remedies if you're a single parent, a divorced parent, a working, non-working, retired, never taught before. The kids are doing the teaching. And I, I'm very um, empathetic for situations where it is troubling. Right now, they don't need to be in school. 
okay? They're not going to fall behind if they're out of school for a year or even two years. They're, they're going to thrive and they're going to just um, really excel because schools in general, as a teacher for 30 years and a teacher of teachers, I was the director of teacher education at UC Irvine for most of my career working with K-12 professional development, I do not recommend public schools, period. And private schools right now are not a safe place to be. There's no rush. You have vacations, you have summers. You're not worried that your kids are falling behind. Get them out of school like tomorrow they don't go to school. And you keep them at home and you figure it out for the rest of the year. And the reason why is because when you let your child go to school, you have something called an implied consent. And it may not even be implied, it may be in writing. So I would look at your contract with your school that you're doing. If you're in a public school and you send your kid to school, now they are, uh, now they are a ward of the state. And they, that is an implied consent that they now are responsible for your child. And I've heard from schools in Oklahoma and Colorado and Kansas where they got a call from the school saying, and these are, these are universities. Oh, um, there was an outbreak at the dorm, so your, your child is being quarantined, you know, for the next 14 days, but don't worry, we're, we're bringing in food. I, you know what, as a parent, I would not put my child in that position to know that you could get a call and you're not going to see your child for 14 days. It's not worth it to me. You can do lots of studying at home. Yep. Right and I don't, recommend the vi- I don't recommend the vaccine if that's what you were asking right whatsoever. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Peggy. So on Friday, like five of my girlfriends and I went to Sprouts to shop mask-free. And um, the, we just walked right in. The guy at the door was just like, what? what's going on? Uh, but the manager kept harassing us. So anyway, they wouldn't let us purchase our groceries. They ended up calling the cops. The cops came, said they couldn't force them to, gro- you know, for us to purchase the groceries. I read him your notice of discrimination, all the um, citizens arrest laws that were in violation. They still refused. So what would you recommend now forward so we can eat? Well, first I want to applaud you for going to Sprouts. Wow, that's really brave. To to (laughs) fight them, right? What do you recommend? Yeah. well, actually, I do want to applaud you for doing that because it is important for people to see you be in these stores without a mask on. So I would say that actually is a success in that, in that arena right there, just going in. And for those people that may feel like, well, I'm, and I will answer your question, but for those who feel like, well, I, um, I'm just, I just don't like to make waves, and, you know, I don't want to upset others, and, you know, maybe it does work, and, you know, I don't really want to be singled out, um, For those that want to shop without a mask, I would say just walk into a store without the intention of buying anything and then, you know, walk in and turn around and walk out. And then next time you walk in and you go down one aisle and you come back up and you, and you leave and that will diffuse the anxiety of, oh, am I going to be, am I going to be able to buy my groceries? And that will help you get some more, um, you know, gumption and courage. Yes. And then maybe you'll, you'll walk in and buy a, um, you know, a pack of gum and so forth. So I really applaud you for that. That in and of itself that you went, that you attempted to just be a normal oxygen breathing, freedom loving individual, um, because they're the lawbreakers. And here's the thing with people who break the laws. They're criminals. That's why we have prisons. I, let me, let me add, <laughs> let, let, let me, I, I would add something for you if, you, if you're interested. Um, make them the ones that are on the witness stand. Say, can I get your name? And then write a sign, stand out front with that manager's name 
and say, this person refused to allow me to feed my family. That's right. They, did, they, they, they would not sell me groceries in our community. Please do not shop this store. Go somewhere else where your business is wanted and this manager loves the community. This is not one of those stores. And put them on notice. Push the fight yeah. to them. Because if, if they're going to humiliate you, sit out in front of the store and let them know what they've done. Just put it on display. It's their actions. Let the world see what they've done. And, and this, we, we have to be creative. We have to come up with solutions on that. But like Peggy yeah. said, I'm going to give you the award for tonight because yeah, you're that's pretty amazing. Bold. That, that's pretty bold. You know, <laughs> Sprouts has been on my naughty list from day one, and I have a whole campaign against Sprouts. And Everybody, I, stop shopping yeah, at Sprouts. I, I Can I get an amen? Sprouts, but what I would do, here's what I recommend you do. At thehealthyamerican.org, if you go on the go under your rights and click on notice of discrimination, I have a whole video on that shows you how to file a complaint with Sprouts with their legal officer. Now, what I would love to do, if everybody did this, whether you've been to Sprouts or not, imagine if everybody in this room, you send, it, it looks like a lawsuit, it is a lawsuit, but you don't file it in court. You send it to the legal counsel. So now he's going to get a hundred or more of these uh, lawsuits going, uh, okay, we better do some, I, that's my hope, that we better do something about this. But it also goes back to my, um, there's always another way and I'm going to find it. So we're getting farmers that will be willing to come to somebody's driveway, like on a Tuesday night, and you know maybe here at the church, it will call it a food bank because they don't have to have a license to give food and you can, you know, donate money and they will give you food and you're no longer selling and they don't need a seller's permit. So we have to create this new way. Um, I wouldn't want to give my money to these places. I really applaud you for doing this because it needs to be done. You know, they, they let you in the store because if they didn't, that is false imprisonment and they know that. But what they don't know is that the, their false claim of, of trespassing is probably what they were saying, um, is also another violation. And just like somebody breaking into your car, you can yell at them, hey, get away from there. You know, criminals are going to break the law. And that's why we have prisons, is to stop the behavior of those violators. And sadly, that's what we're seeing in these stores now. Now, hopefully the tide is going to turn, but it's only going to turn when the insurance companies, because uh, the managers don't care, but the investors care, and the insurance companies care, and the legal advisor, the legal counsel, his job is to minimize the liability of that store. And if he gets 100 of these potential lawsuits, hopefully that'll be a little mosquito buzzing in his face that he has to take care of. So that's what I recommend. It costs no money other than a certified letter. You can do that for Costco. I have it for you here. You can fill in the blank any store you want. Erase the name Costco, put in Trader Joe's, and send these yes. to them. So that's my recommendation for that, yeah. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have time for about uh, three or four more okay. questions, so let's make Hi. them good. Hi. I have a retail business in Thousand Oaks where the city has come in twice now with them requesting us to be in compliance because people have called because we're not wearing our masks. They have a checklist that we have to do. And what 
do I get to say to them by not doing what they're requiring us to do? You can ask for the code of law. Please show me the code of law that requires masks. And also, while you're at it, um, you know, would you show me evidence that I have any disease? Here's the thing with any of these situations. The burden of proof is on the person making the claim. So if that health officer or code enforcer comes to your business and says, uh, because saying that other people complain, who cares about what other people think? That, that has no, that's not a law. People's opinions aren't a law. So what I recommend businesses do is they post a notice in their store that says, we uphold the seventh uh, title of the U.S. Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title seven says you cannot have harassment in your place of business. So that means those shoppers that are saying they're not wearing masks, they are harassing you. That's actually a violation. It's a federal, it's a violation of a federal law. So on that notice, I would say that you assess a service charge for anyone who is engaged in harassment, and they'll be receiving a service fee of a million dollars that they need to pay you the next time they harass you. And I have that in writing. Further, you can make a complaint with the Department of Justice in California, with the Consumer Affairs Agency, with the District Attorney, with the uh, Department of Homeland Security, and with the FBI on anyone who is harassing your business and the sheriff. So we have, as we have these remedies available, I would use them all and I would post that in writing. I have it for you at the website. This is what we're doing in these business seminars. They have no authority. You don't, and you're running a clothing store, right? No. Paint. A paint store. What, so do you have a professional license? No, you have a business license. So they're not, you, you are not violating any law. You are not in any danger of losing your license. They're the ones that are breaking the law, not you. And you can just tell them, I, I'm fine, have a nice day. That's really what I would say, yes, or whoever else is asking. Hi, if I may, I'd like to shift gears just a little bit. I hate to mention this guy's name in a house of worship, but Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, I would like some of your thoughts on the Great Reset, please. The Great wow. Reset. Wow. Anybody want to take that one on? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I don't think it's going to be that, that great. That might have to be a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, I don't we'll, think it's we'll, that, we'll that great. That but Al, Al, Al I do episode. appreciate your, your knowledge and, and uh, interest in that. And I think for those who want to, to learn more, the idea is really this one world government and coming into a new world. I call it new world disorder because there's no order about it. But the fact of the matter is there are more liberty-loving, freedom-loving, freedom fighters than there are those few evildoers at the top. And we already know that evil is vanquished in the end. The lifelong battle of good and evil has never been uncertain. And so good is, does overcome evil, and we need to stay with the good and, um, uh, you know, take, the, take that, yeah, for what that... The Great Reset does, requires or pursues conformity. The beautiful thing about a republic is we have individuality. Yeah. What do you want? You want to all dress the same, walk the same, drive the same thing, eat the same bowl of rice? No. We're not going to conform. And, and the only way to stop that is to stand in opposition to it. Don't, don't say, oh, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. There's no way to stop it. It's the end of the world. You know, the last time I read, the scripture says, you don't know the day or the hour. And, and, and if you're going to use that as apathy or, or inactivity, stand in opposition to tyranny at every step. 
Because what are you going to do? Look at your kids and say, you know, my eschatology says it's the end of the world. Well, your eschatology is about as helpful as Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Give the next generation hope and stand on behalf of them. And, and, and give them a hope in the future. Contend for them. Don't throw up your hands and say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. I, that is self-fulfilling prophecy, regardless of your eschatology. Fight tyranny every day of your life, That's right. period. That's right. That's right. I uh, have a question about how a group of people, like piggybacking off of this gal where five people went into Sprouts, I got kicked out of Trader Joe's with my seven-year-old. And I was strong-armed by two guys that took my groceries. So what I would like to do is find out a way for people to continue to do that, to go through all the paperwork that you gave me, to literally either place someone under citizen's arrest or get enough of people to do that to work. Because I've been going there for nine months with no mask. And yeah. last week they said, you're, you're not allowed in here any longer. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. It is uh, so distressing, especially when it comes down to our you know, basic necessities of food. And, but beyond that is the treatment of one human of another, which, which distresses me greatly. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's very troubling to hear that. I believe that the tide will turn. Um, the, when this happened in the beginning, and I'm so glad you didn't call it a lockdown because we're not locked down. We have a key that the, you know, evildoers will try to mess with our minds with this language, just like the governor's mandate. Well, the governor can't mandate anything and even admitted that he couldn't. So no governor can make a law. These stores are actually in violation of the law. What I recommend, and I know some of you have done this, it's very, very important to do so, is to befriend law enforcement. So you go to your sheriff here, who I know has said he's not going to enforce the mask stuff and they don't do it in Orange County. And we had our Thanksgiving of, well, how many people do we have? Uh, Linda was there, 200 people or more at our Thanksgiving. And uh, we, we invited the governor. He didn't want to come. Um, and he, was, we, he was having dinner at the French Laundry. There you go, I know. And we had uh, a sheriff's deputy nearby in a car. We, we offered him a plate of food. So I think it's very, very important. And that's going to be my next focus. So I've got the businesses, the schools, law enforcement, medical rights. And I'm kind of not really that interested in working with the government officials anymore because we've been talking to them for months and months and months and they're doing all these placating you know resolutions that mean nothing so i think the key here is to really have these discussions with law enforcement and to just bring the laws and say do i have the right i've got 20 laws here that uh trader joe's is in violation of some of them are criminal laws some of them are civil do i have the right to rely upon law in this country or has it changed so are we in anarchy or are we in a law-abiding society? You need to have these discussions with law enforcement in advance. Uh, I, I, called, I called the sheriff before our event and I said, I'm, I'm going to have a party out in the park and uh, there's going to be a lot of people and I just want to know, is that going to be a problem? He said, we are not enforcing any COVID restrictions whatsoever. So I call in advance. I call Trader Joe's in advance. I haven't been there for a long time, but I called last week when I heard about all this nonsense because uh, I'm pretty, you know, I, I don't shop that often. And uh, I said, Are, what's, 
I just want to see, I want to come in and buy a few things. What's the situation with exemptions? And she said, well, um, if you have an exemption, we honor that. I said, great, I'll see you in a little bit. So I always do it in advance. They don't like to be on the spot. I don't like to be on the spot. I always like to, you know, if I go to a new restaurant, I'll call. And then it just... It just alleviates that anxiety, and I think a lot of us are operating on that, and I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, let me, we'll, we'll take one more question, yeah. but I, I want to add this. Um, we support the businesses that are open. There's few of them, but we've proven that we do a pretty good job. Would you agree? I mean, it was a pretty yeah. banner month so far. As a community, we will support the businesses that stand for liberty. As a community we will boycott the businesses that suppress that liberty. I love it. I love Do it. Do your job. Yeah. Last question, yes. Last question. Peggy, I know you were instrumental in taking off the freeway signs that said COVID reminders. <laughs> yes. Peggy got take, that taken care of. But now... Um, I want to say what's happening when I'm driving around Oxnard. They have it on the street. I don't know if that's a different entity about wear your mask and all that other stuff. So I know the last emergency warning that came over our phones, I called the governor and said, what do you think you're doing? You know, and they were like, you know, I, they hung up on me, but I called back. But anyway, what, what is the story uh, regarding those signs um, on the street, and I just want to say something about Sprouts real quick. I would walk in, take a bag of potato chips, open it, and say, let me pay for this, and see if they still will not take my money. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They leave the money on the conveyor belt. Uh, The thing with those signs, so the signs on the freeway that, you know, um, I know a lot of you kind of waved at, right, when you drove by. (laughs) Um, We got those signs down by calling and writing to the Department of Transportation and actually using the laws that state those signs are only supposed to be for road hazards and telling me to wash my hands while I'm in my car, (laughs) telling me to stay away six feet. Well, do I move my car over? I mean, the whole thing, it is a distraction and a hazard. And we did this throughout the United States. There were a few tough places. I think Arizona still is a little bit uh, reluctant there. But the fact is you want to use the laws that are on the books and have them abide by it. So I would go to the public works is who handles. It's probably the police and the public works in the city. You're a taxpayer of that city. You want to have, you want to see, ask for them, show me the law, show me the municipal code that has the authority over what can be on these signs. Because I, I trust me, there's a law for that of what can be on those signs. And they'll say, well, we can put it up if it's a hazardous. Well, where's the evidence that it's a hazard? I find it hazardous to look at it. We got the signs down in, Newport, in a Laguna Beach that said, wear a mask, it's the law. It's not a law. The sign still says wear a mask, but it doesn't say it's a law. But that's a success. We have to work on these. And I want to leave you with one final thing, everybody. Um, there are going to be brighter days ahead. There definitely are. And how do I know that? Well, I know that from God's word, but I also know that from our history. So if you look at the regimes of oppression and totalitarianism and communism, they can't sustain themselves. When you look at what happened in Spain and in Italy and in Germany and in Russia and in Czechoslovakia and even in China, they've got private businesses. Communism, totalitarianism, fascism, authoritarianism, whatever, tyranny, it cannot 
sustain itself. Now, we're in the throes of it, and it may get worse before it gets better, but I look at, I, I studied what happened in Cuba, and they lived under communism for a long time, and you know they were so resourceful. They created the most thriving, abundant, delicious, um, organic produce that they were, they were growing in their kitchens and their, the back of their truck and in their bathrooms so that the, the you know, police couldn't see it out there. And they had their own markets. And so that's where I'm getting this idea of we'll do our own market. I mean, we'll, we'll do a market here in the parking lot or in the church. We don't need to rely on these other um, systems that really are these large retailers. There's always another way we're going to find it. The American spirit is a spirit of freedom. It will never be extinguished. That's why I call the group the Healthy American. I'm so glad that you guys were a part of it, and I'm so glad to be a part of God Speak Church. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Stand up with me, will you? Stand Thank up, David. You. Thank you Folks, so stand up. Much. Let's, uh, let's put number six up on the screen, and um, we're going to do something different tonight. We typically close our uh, live stream with uh, number six, and so uh, I want all of you to recite it with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. The Lord, Lord bless, bless you and keep you. you. The, the Lord, Lord make his face to shine upon you and be, be gracious, gracious to you. you. The Lord the lift, lift up, up his, his countenance, countenance upon you. you. And give you peace. May God bless you and keep you. And uh, thank you for coming tonight. God bless you all. And thank you, Peggy Hall. Let's give another round of applause for this lovely lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us uh, via live stream. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.